Namaste and welcome. This is Jainil Dalal and you are listening to the Design MBA. This podcast is a real-life MBA program for designers where we interview design hustlers and learn the skills, mindset necessary for a designer to launch a business venture. You can learn more, find past episodes and stay updated at designmba.show. Why are you listening to this podcast? Think about it. Deep down, you want to grow in your design career. And I've been in your shoes. I've pushed pixels for years without really knowing how the hell do I grow in my design career. So I've created a free email course for you to help you level up your design career. The strategies I share in this 7-day email course are actionable and used by over 700 plus designers with success. So head over to levelup.designmba.show or you can find the link to this email course in the show notes. Level up your design career today. Today I've got a phenomenal guest with me, Preet Singh. Preet is the founder of DesignX, one of the largest UX and design communities in North America and the curator, founder and host of renowned design conferences such as Design Leadership Summit, Remote Design Week and 5 to 9 Design Conference and many more other conferences. Over his design career spanning 10 plus years, Preet has had the privilege of working with clients including corporates and unicorns to early stage startups such as Chan Zuckerberg Foundation, Quicken Loans, Zero, Team Viewer, Teespring, Miami Ad School, and so many more. From building a strong grassroots nonprofit movement while in engineering school to founding a t-shirt startup centered around social issues in India, community is at the heart of everything Preet works on. So without further ado, Preet, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much, Jay. Really excited to be here. So walk me through, uh, you know, your 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 history. So you're born in India, right? Yep. Yep. Born and raised in India. Moved to Canada wow. about ten years ago or nine years ago. Yeah. So what made you uh, make the move? That's just the next stage when you grow up in India and you know you turn twenty five. You're like, okay, where can I go next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. And, uh, uh, even though maybe there is some truth to that. So um, <laughs> I met my now wife uh, back in India uh, where she was doing like a travel and work uh, kind of internship. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's from Germany. Uh, so we, we I, I was doing my t-shirt startup back there. Uh, and mm-hmm. I used to get a lot of these like, uh, you know, kind of expat folks uh, that would come to my mm-hmm. store. I had a physical store uh, to get like, you know, some like nicely designed gifts when they would go back uh, to their mm-hmm. uh, to their countries. Um, and that's how I met my met Nora, my now wife. And uh, we dated for about a year. And uh, and of course, you know, India was culturally very different for her. Um, yeah. Germany is culturally very different from, you know, from what I grew up <laughs> in, including the language and diversity and everything. Yeah. And uh, after one year of dating, we decided to, you know, just blindly pick a country where both of us uh, could move yeah. to. Yeah, neither of us had been to Toronto, and we just picked it and moved. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. That's quite the crazy love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those stories oh usually either go really bad, you know, where you move after yeah. one year of dating someone or, or they work out. And in our case, you know, luckily it worked out. <laughs> so at that point, when you decided to move to Canada, were you still doing design work or you had not made that full transition into the design world yet? 
No, I, I was doing, uh, so so actually that's how I got into design is um, I was really passionate, um, you know, right after my engineering school, I was really passionate about the social issues, like, you know, plenty of them in India and how I could, uh, you know, help contribute uh, to, you know, fighting them, solving them, tackling them. And uh, I started using T-shirts as the medium of communication to talk about these social issues. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into graphic design. Uh, you know, like I, 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 I tried to design like some posters, some t-shirts on my mm-hmm. own. Um, and I still remember, uh, that was actually the first time, uh, in one of the, you know, press coverages where I, uh, you know, I got featured as, as a young designer, uh, from my city Chandigarh, uh, that's using yeah. t-shirts as the medium of social change. That was the first time someone called me a designer. Uh, oh, wow. and so using my startup, the Karma Republic, it was called, uh, that's how I got into design and I was doing everything. And I was designing t-shirts. I was design. I designed the website. I designed all the graphics, but that was a kind of big motivator to learn design because I was trying to solve my own business goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Yeah. So that's how I got into design. And even when I was doing Karma Republic, it didn't make any money. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, <laughs> I, it also like very fulfilling. Like you felt good about, yeah. you know, you're trying to make a change, all those things, but to pay, yeah pay my bills, I started picking up other kind of web design and graphic design projects yeah. on the side as freelancer. So you moved to Canada mm-hmm. um, and you're in Toronto, right? Yeah. When you moved there. Yeah. Yep. I actually lived there for uh, two years or odd, oh, wow. odd years when, when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, it was a huge cultural shock for me just moving from India and going there. And right. um, <laughs> <laughs> we had this like Indian, like, you know, parathe and tepla, yeah, uh, yeah, the chapati. Yeah. So by the time I left there, people were hooked onto it. Like, we were like, what <laughs> is this exotic spice? <laughs> I remember in sixth That's grade, amazing. I had like everyone in the class watch Dil Chatai movie. Oh. One of my favorite movies still. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah. you're doing this, you're doing this graphic design work. Yeah. And you're working as freelancer for all these firms. Yeah. When did you get the idea or when did you notice that, hey, you know what? I think there needs to be a design community or a movement here in, yeah. in Canada and then that I should start it. So it, it was all quite organic. Uh, there was no kind of one strong uh, mm-hmm. strategy behind starting DesignX. It started about me being in Canada for about five years. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I saw I came to Canada. I could only come as a student, you know, like uh, yeah. with an Indian passport, you have a lot of restrictions. So yeah. I, I did that two year <laughs> fake student thing, you know, like I it was a business program. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a business program because my parents never yeah. let me study business. They were like engineering or science. Yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that part, but I knew that, you know, right after this program is ends, I want to get back into design. And so after having worked as a designer in Toronto for about, I would say almost four years. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, overall six years, I was craving a community, a local design community. So I went to a few mm-hmm. events and I am not the most extrovert person, you know, even really? though I, I organize a lot of these like <laughs> conferences and events and run a large community. If yeah. you see me at a third party, like, like something that I've not organized, if you see me at a, yeah. you know, another conference, you'll see me usually just standing awkwardly by the bar alone or, you know, like, I'm like, uh, what, what do I do? You know? <laughs> so I would go to a lot of these design events. Uh, also when, you know, when I moved to Canada, I had zero social circle. So I would go to a lot of these tech events, startup events, design events. I would listen to the talk. I would like roam around awkwardly for 15, 20 minutes and then come back. Right. 
That's happened to me a lot. Yeah. Most of these events, <laughs> everyone knows everybody. So if you're like the yes. new person there, yeah. they all have their clicks. So it's really odd to just break in and yeah. kind of like introduce, hey, my name is Janiel and I'm yeah. kind of new here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also like, you know, being a kind of a visible minority, uh, like in downtown Toronto, I didn't, yeah. I didn't see, I, when I go to those events, especially design events, I wouldn't see someone who looked like me or even like, you know, like brown people or Indian people yeah. uh, for that matter. I wouldn't see them. So it always felt awkward and and to add to that awkwardness so many times people would come up and they're like oh so what do you do so i'd be like oh i work at this agency and they're like oh so you're a developer i'm like i never said i was a developer i just said i worked at an agency <laughs> just because i'm brown <laughs> or use your uh, like, i'm from india i'm a developer uh, so that that actually happened like no jokes like six seven times and i think a part of me was also really kind of annoyed or triggered by that but i was like mm-hmm. you know like why do you think someone like me can't be a designer? Um, and then add, add to that, you know, or I would go to these tech startup events and how they interpret design would be really different, you know? So I would be like, oh, I'm a product designer. And they're like, oh, can you design my business card? Again, nothing wrong with designing business cards, yeah. but their understanding of design was so confined. So when yeah. I started DesignX, my goal was actually, how do you bring designers together locally in Toronto? So selfishly, mm-hmm. I could meet, you know, people like myself. Yeah. And then how do you elevate the conversation of design, right? How do you help these folks understand more about design? And it's not just, you know, uh, about designing a business card or, uh, you know, putting lipstick on on something. Yeah. So the first meetup you organized, was it just going to meetup.com and saying that, hey, DesignX officially exists? Or how did you even uh, host the first meetup? Yeah. So uh, our first thing we did was actually not a meetup. So um, when I when I thought of this idea... And uh, another aspect uh, around, uh, you know, building DesignX or starting DesignX was the void that I saw in the community was that all these subdomains of design, like graphic design, UX design, design strategy, design research, they were all very siloed. And I was like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of learning that happens when these people meet each other. Because my journey was engineer turned marketer turned graphic designer turned website designer. Then when I came to Canada, I became a UX designer and design strategies. And when I started DesignX, I was doing more like design strategies, bleeding uh, into service design kind of work. So it was like such a wide spectrum. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to find out how I can bring these folks from different domains together. So before even starting DesignX, I actually approached most of the existing design communities in Toronto. And there were some big ones, oh. you know, like the graphic design ones or the design UX design yeah. ones or design strategists. Uh, half of them didn't want to talk to me or didn't reply, which, you know, I understand a little bit. Like, they were like, like, I run a large design community and who's this guy coming in, you know, asking yeah. me to, you know, <laughs> give him, give suggestions or something. Yeah. Um, and half of them were not interested. Like, they were like, no, you know, we're, we're fine being our graphic design community or yeah. being a UX research community. So that's when I was like, okay, then I'll start a Slack group and, you know, bring people together. And in fact, I partnered with someone who was already had start just started a Slack group for designers in Toronto. And so, uh, you know, I joined him and we started just nurturing that small community. And I think we were mm-hmm. about 100 people when we were like, okay, let's meet. You know, so it just started yeah. as a casual conversation. And um, what year was that? Uh, 2017. So three okay. years ago, uh, February 2017. Oh, wow. January, we started the Slack group. In a month, we were like, okay, you know, let's, let's all meet up and maybe invite some speakers. And as I started working on it, 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 we ended up, like I approached some of the, you know, really well-known names in Toronto and all of them said yeah. yes. And I was like, 
oh wow. okay yeah <laughs> like even i was surprised like really you know like you also want can, can you come and speak at our event they're like sure i'm like what really uh, and the topic was very broad it was just like state of design in toronto you know um, in oh. 2017 uh, and we had like you know one of the design leaders from one of the largest banks in canada a uh, design leader from one of the most of you know awarded agency and then another mm-hmm. really but well, i think they are one of the largest fintech companies to come out of canada so all three of them said yes and it was a incredible it turned out to be an incredible event packed i think our venue capacity was 80 we were at 90 folks that's from where kind of it became a little more you know official and just took off well so the first couple of years was just like volunteer effort like you just you know pulling in all nighters and stuff Sorry, you're asking about before I started Designix or when after I started Designix? Oh, like during Designix, like the first couple of years, it was pretty much you and a few people who volunteered yes. just to kind of like get the community going. Yes, absolutely. So the first two and a half years, I would say, uh, or two years, that 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 was it. Like you know, I had my full time job. Uh, I did invest a lot of time into Designix on the side. I I do work a lot. I enjoy I enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. So I would end up spending my you know weeknights, weekends. you know just nurturing the community building it uh, and as things started to grow faster then you know you had to put in even more effort yeah so at one point isn't there like how do you even manage this i mean like you've got you've got a wife you've got a kid right. plus you got a full time job and then you're doing designix on the side so at some point <laughs> something's got to give right yeah 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 so uh, definitely and you know these things all of the all of those things happen gradually um one thing you know i've always kind of um trusted is my gut feel back in india i i left my full time jobs like four times the longest wow. tenure of a job i had was 6 months <laughs> because <laughs> i would join an opportunity and i was like ah oh, this is not impactful work and maybe i should do something else and i would i would not yeah. hesitate to jump or leave you know and uh, i i didn't have any savings or anything like that but i knew that i would always make things happen you know be mm-hmm. paying the bills through freelance or other things um and i knew that my learning always got elevated every time i you know took the plunge yeah. and same thing happened with designx you know i i did i invested a lot of time a lot of energy into designx uh, it was hard first two years uh, you know having a full time job and growing in my career too so i was not stagnant yeah. you know so doing well at the job of course keeping a family happy <laughs> uh you know and um and building the community and the community was growing we grew from just being a toronto centered community to you know having chapters in new york amsterdam toronto vancouver doing events mm-hmm. in even montreal and london and then even starting conferences on the side so after two years last year is when you know i was i did start to feel that okay i'm starting to maybe burn out um yeah. and the second thing was i was like why do i need a job right now you know like if i'm enjoying designix i should go full yeah. heads on into it so you quit the job full time i did quit it yes last february wow yeah damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it sounds tough but like, i think i think it's just i built that muscle so much <laughs> of like that yeah. muscle so much it's it's so effortless for me that my parents still get shocked and i'm like how are you shocked this is like the Eight job that I'm leaving, yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, do you love the job? It was paying so well, or you know, other things." I've, at the same time, you know, like it, I don't want to make it sound too kind of um, uh, reckless or aspirational. Like, oh, yeah, leave yeah. your job and follow your dreams. Uh, I did really work my ass off in the first five years, even before starting DesignX. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started DesignX, I had already bought my first house. Of course, you know, with my wife, like, and, and not just me alone. 
Uh, we had bought our first house in Toronto. Continued to, you know, really work hard at my job. On top of the things you already mentioned, I was still freelancing on the side too. So it was like oh design X, freelance, <laughs> uh, family, uh, you know, and job. And um, last year when I left the job, I did have considerable savings. We had just moved into our second home. You know, the first home became an investment property. So mm-hmm. I, even though I, I'm not a very numbers person, but there were some financial metrics that I did want to hit, which I yeah. had hit. And so it felt a little secure, you know? And then at the same time with DesignX, I was like, what's the worst? Like, which happened mm-hmm. this year. <laughs> I was like, what's the worst thing? You know, <laughs> uh, all sponsorships will dry up. No revenue will come in and I might have to go back to a job. And, you know, that's not the, not the worst thing, right? When you, when you, really, not the end of the world. when you r- really like what you do, like I yeah. really loved my last job. I didn't leave it because I was not enjoying my work, but it was just that I was really enjoying Design X2 and I had to pick one of the two, right? And then you have this business acumen to uh, just making something sustainable, like right. with your jobs, with your freelance. I see this trend where right. you're not necessarily obsessing about every single number going in and out, but no. you're thinking at a high level, like, hey, how can this be a self-sustaining business? So, right. you know, it seems like you don't have to like be nurturing it every second. Right. So it's kind of like a taboo thing to talk about because mm-hmm. most people, when they look at design events and community events, they're like, oh, it should be like nonprofit, like just yeah. for the good. But then... <laughs> yeah. How the hell is is that going to pay the bills? So how exactly. did you tackle that with uh, DesignX, with volunteers and all these people you got to pay and stuff? Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely has been tricky, especially when it comes to communities. There are no comparables, right? If you're starting a tech yeah. company, tech startup, there are a thousand books written, there are you know videos yeah. and articles that you can read and be like, okay, that's how I you know uh, mm-hmm. raise my family and friends or you know bootstrap and all those things. With community, definitely a lot of taboo. I still remember when we did our first event. And there was a sponsor locally in Toronto and they were like, and then I think we were doing the event and we were like, can we, can we have like, you know, uh, would you like to sponsor us? Uh, it was yeah. a recruitment firm and they had just gotten me my job. So I knew they like, they had made good money yeah. off me, right. By placing me. Yeah. So I was like, can you, can you help us? Like I'm trying to do this and you know, you get in front of all these candidates. So can you help yeah. us sponsor? And they were like, sure, you know, uh, we'll, we'll sponsor your event. So I was like, they were like, how much? And I was like, like thousand bucks that are about, a hundred people coming, 10 bucks a person for food yeah. and drink. So uh, roughly a thousand bucks. I still remember that sponsor at the end of the event. I was like, I send them an invoice for a thousand bucks. And they were like, no, 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 not a thousand bucks. Send us the invoices for how much the food and drinks were instead of, you know, like just thousand bucks up front. And I was like, but we talked about oh it. Oh my God. Right. And you know how much <laughs> the difference? I think the invoice was like nine twenty or something. So like 80 bucks. And I was like, yeah. What What do you think happens at the next event or in between? You know, if, <laughs> if I'm sending email newsletters, who pays for Mailchimp, right? Who pays yeah. for the web hosting? Who pays for like there are so many costs yeah. that folks just you you forget. You know, the least of the costs. Like at the after the end of the event, the next time uh, you know I met the team to plan the next event, I wanted to celebrate. We were like, we did a first event. You know, we worked five six hours that day alone, and then after mm-hmm. that, sending thank you emails, blah blah blah. And I wanted to treat them to like a meal each. Who pays for that? Right? Like there, yeah. there are all these things. So definitely it was, it was a little challenging, but I, I definitely did keep headstrong. I did not worry about what people are thinking, how someone mm-hmm. is perceiving it. Uh, I, I knew that, you know, I'm not trying to like con anyone. I'm trying to here build yeah. a sustainable community. And so I'm going to do 
what is the right thing. And then, you know, if someone wants to ask me, they should come up and ask me. And if they want to make, you know, perceive things, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, we, we were like, I was very proud. We, we set like volunteer kind of stipends in place uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, even before that, like we would do it on an ad hoc basis. Otherwise, every month we would do a team town hall. After yeah. the town hall, we would all like at time at one time we were like 25 people. We would always go out for lunch, you know, and design yeah. would pay for it. So my goal was at least have enough buffer of savings that I don't have to worry if, you know, we are doing a winter event and I want to buy like branded hoodies for my team, right? Or I want to get a banner printed, right? Or I want to rent a, a, you know, like a a stage for for the venue. So we always kept on, you know, uh, kind of keeping our goals in place. Lastly, even we hired one of our volunteers for three months or four months full time, Mm -hmm. three months full time uh, to prepare for one of the conferences, you know, paid them the salary, at one time, you know, I also paid for a lot of the phone internet connections for some of my volunteers mm. who were doing social media because they were like, I don't have, you know, good enough data plans, even bought yeah. iPhones and laptops for uh, so wow. for volunteers. Because <laughs> I, I like to invest back in the people, right? But, but this is like a startup. You're, you're treating is, exactly, exactly like a startup. Exactly. But it's a startup where if people think you are making even 10% of the money, you know, and that's going <laughs> into like a buffer savings. They're extremely wary of that, right? Like I've had people who are like, no, no, you have to show us all your finances. And I'm like, what? why? Like I'm, I'm not answerable <laughs> to you. I'm investing yeah. my own time and money, right? <laughs> and if I wanted to make money, like freelancing is a great, you know, <laughs> way to yeah. make money. Like I, I would rather than shut down Designics and spend all my time there. But again, and, you know, like, yeah, you get these kind of folks and questions, like I think in anything you would do. So that's, I've learned to, you know, know who I want to share these things with and with whom I'm, I'm indifferent to. Yeah. And recently you started to uh, make the Slack community a paid community, right? Yes. Like just charging people for it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so a couple of things happened, you know, last year I went full-time on design X. I had yeah. my savings as I shared with you. So I did not, I did not draw a salary last year. Uh, I had planned to draw a salary this year. Cause also we were expecting our first kid. Mm-hmm. And she was born in February and two Congrats. weeks later, thank you. Two weeks later, COVID hit. <laughs> and, you know, our sponsorships for this year were like 20% of last year's sponsorships. Yeah. So those things dried up, in-person events dried up with that, even more revenue dried up. And at the same time, we decided to hire our first full-time employee. Uh, <laughs> I did not, like the day of the joining of that employee, the first day, like she came to the office, from next day, that office was shut because of COVID. So literally, oh you know, that was the timing, but I was determined that, okay, you know, I'm not gonna let COVID kind of ruin my plans of, you know, building DesignX and all those things. So we kept her on payroll, you know, tried every, you know, put together like sort of virtual conferences, did everything possible so we can meet the expenses of the team. But then after our last conference, we saw that, okay, people are having now Zoom fatigue, you know, so you can't just keep on throwing like virtual events to try and generate some these spikes of revenue. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, need to, you know, again, come back to sustainability. And that's when we were like, okay, we have 5,000 people. Let's, you know, let's ask for two bucks each from people for mm-hmm. per month and try and yeah. kind of, you know, raise some revenue together. I knew that, you know, it's not like all 5,000 are going to pay. There's still going to be people yeah. who are going to complain. But we kept it really accessible because we did have folks from outside North America too. We had folks from India where, you know, $2.00. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though $2 is not a big deal, but if I had planned, if I had charged like something like $10 a month, it would yeah. still have been a considerable amount. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of the reason that, okay, let's at least make sure our basic expenses, like software expenses, you know, we have freelancers um, uh, that we pay every month for quite a few things that we do, yeah. um, uh, you know, volunteers that we compensate. So I wanted to make sure that those expenses are taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I'll, I'll have to wait even this year, you know, so to see like if I can draw even a salary for this year or not. And what's the goal there? How many people do you want as paid members to make the whole thing sustainable? I would say like we would at least, you know, five, 5,000 people, like at least a revenue, like designing mm-hmm. generating a revenue of like 100K a year. So we can, you know, have one, at least one full-time person back on staff. Yeah. And then the other freelancers are, you know, uh, kind of part of that. So at least sustains yeah. like two, three people. And that's like not including me, you know? So if I decide that, okay, next year I'm like, okay, DesignX is sustainable and we have people to help with some of the things. So I can then take myself out of the operational tasks and either go back to a job or, you know, focus on doing other things with the community. Uh, Mm -hmm. The community itself stays sustainable. And that's why you mentioned that you look for partners Mm -hmm. and not necessarily sponsors. Can you explain the difference? What's the difference between someone who just sponsors an event and somebody who's like a partner? Yeah, absolutely. So my goal always when we are partnering with companies is it's not not just to, um, you know, like stick their logo on the website and other places and kind Mm -hmm. of like, you know, just use ourselves as a billboard. Because, you know, again, my roots were in business and not in, you know, uh, kind of creative arts and design. Mm -hmm. Um, I do always think of the business impact of any relationship that I'm building, you know, professionally. So uh, with, with the companies that we tie up with, I am quite focused on how they, what value they get out of the community, but also like mm-hmm. what are they contributing apart from just giving us money. So, you know, I'm, I'm really careful into the partners that we select that how engaged are they, how, how much they understand what we are doing. If we are working on a conference together and they are the sponsor, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what value can they bring apart from just the money part, you know, like I want to brainstorm yeah. with them on the topics, on the speakers, on the scheduling and all those things. Uh, and I think, that approach really helps because overall the event also turns out to be much better experience for everyone involved, right? Like they are more yeah. invested into helping make this event successful because they are not just a sponsor, but they're, it's also like kind of like they have sweat equity into the, you know, into the, mm-hmm. uh, into the event or the initiative. Um, Give an example. Yeah. Yeah. So like we we partnered a lot with Adobe XD folks this year. Mm-hmm. Really love that team. Like, and not just again, when they sponsor us, for any yeah. event that I'm doing or any initiative, you know, we are doing portfolio reviews. If I reach out to them and I'm like, we are doing portfolio yeah. reviews for early stage folks. Can you help me find folks who would be interested? And they'll send me like 20 names. You know, they're like, oh my these God. are the people that we work with. Uh, who do you want to connect with? And I connected with, you know, some of the most incredible folks uh, at Remote Design Week. We had some amazing yeah. folks that came out. Uh, five to nine conference we hosted like the CEO of basic agency, you know, the agency yeah. that's done some massive work in Silicon Valley with some of the best tech companies. Um, uh, so Matt, Matt was there on one of our panels talking about starting an agency. So like that kind of wow. an individual, uh, you know, coming and sharing his journey was incredible. And I could not have like, first of all, I did not even think, you know, of that agency or yeah. the name. Cause I, it didn't seem like approachable. Um, yeah. you know, and, they made it so easy. Like it was like here, like here's the introduction with them, and uh, damn, yeah. they made the intros. Yeah, intros. Wow. Sometimes even confirmation. So those kind of partnerships are are incredibly, uh, you know, helpful. But again, it doesn't happen every single time, right? And also, it goes both ways. So it's like 
when they reach out and they are like, Preet, we need help getting mm-hmm. feedback on this part of XD. And then and mm-hmm. like they're not there's no monetary kind of incentive for me, but it's more like, you know, it's yeah. like if you would reach out to me after this podcast and you're like, Preet, I'm trying to bring this person on the next episode. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll make the intro. Right. Yeah. Um, That's how this happened. Like Patrick Hill was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's make the intro. Exactly. Exactly. And that, I think that's that's also a beautiful part of our community, of the design community. Folks, it's n- it is not about, you know, the kind of extrinsic motivators or mm-hmm. thinking about the financial impact all the time. Yeah. Right? Uh, but it's thinking more about the relationships and the long term impact, even though yeah. that would have financial and business outcomes. And I was just reading through your newsletter, the DesignX mm-hmm. newsletter, and there was one... Uh, Pose I was mentioning is design is getting acquired. So can you tell me about what happened with acquisition or what was that story about? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I had some interesting uh, reactions to that newsletter. Um, and, you know, thinking back, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember why I included it, but at the time I think maybe I was like a little emotionally invested. So it was really exciting. Like I won't, I won't lie about it because this year has been such a, extremely crappy and you can bleep the words out if i say anything more <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had just completed our remote design week you know it was a mm-hmm. at that time it was the largest virtual conference you know focused mm-hmm. on design uh we had put it together in six weeks after covid because you know I, my employee had just joined and i was desperate to just stay above the water yeah. Um, and remote design week had 3000 plus attendees, you know, week long programming, some of the best speakers in design. It was, it was just incredible. So mm-hmm. right after that, one of the really big names, uh, brand names in design. And I had like a relationship with one of the senior folks there. They mm-hmm. approached and it, it was like, you know, we are like, we, we've been seeing what you've been doing and it's really exciting. And we've been thinking of doing something similar. So. What, what do you think about coming together? So it was, of course, you know, like that's a massive company and we are this tiny team. So the conversation was around acquisition. So I did have a few chats with the CEO, but then um, I think we had, we bo- both of us had, that company's at a different stage, you know, we are at a different stage. Uh, we had kind of different vision for uh, for what DesignX would become. Mm-hmm. Uh, so DesignX would still exist as a part of that larger company uh you know um our network and so i did not i did not kind of see myself aligned with that vision at that time so it was really hard it would have been you know like it would have been uh especially now that i'm it's been yeah. that conversation was like six months ago almost mm-hmm. uh and the last six months you know how uh, it's been <laughs> quite quite tough so now that i see that it definitely would have been you know like massive ego boost for sure Great you know, in the news, like, you know, Canadian entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. company. absolutely. You know, and I can go on LinkedIn and, you know, make the post and get a lot of likes and yeah. all those things. You get social validation. So definitely it would have been, would have helped with those things. But then it was, I didn't think it was the right thing for the community as such. So yeah, I, I walked away from it. Like I, I, again, you know, I, it was kind of a respectful, it was like, okay, you know, maybe we chat later in the future, but at this stage, yeah. I don't think it'll work for both of us. So yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. one could argue that if you had such like, you know, an acquisition offer and all you had to do then was just keep on conducting events mm. or maybe just mm. churn out event after another. Mm. So why do you look at that? And even without the acquisition offer, mm. if someone looks at this, like, oh, DesignX is like a money-making machine. Let's just like throw out event after event, like mm. nine to five conference, another conference, mm. every mm. two 
you know, like mm. once there's another conference and just mm. bringing the money. Yeah. Why do you go away from that kind of idea or thinking? It's just personal. Like I, I don't think, I don't think there is anything wrong in it. I think I definitely think it's wrong if you are just a serial conference organizer, but you call call yourself a community because most of these folks like <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing a trend now. It's like we organize like ten conferences in a year, and now we launched a Slack group, so we are a community. It's like okay, that's but again, you know, like it's like sure, starting a Slack group takes like thirty seconds, right? Uh, it's building it, nurturing it, fostering it, which I, yeah. which, which uses a lot of sweat and tears. So. And uh, like building that community and communities where, you know, all the members are equally invested and also gain from it and get elevated together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the bank balance of the conference organizer. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't see it as a negative. I definitely, I am very of the positioning part. So I, mm-hmm. that's why I, I'm, you know, I have no kind of guilt when I call ourselves a community uh, because that's what we do. I still spend so much time, on everything that's non-revenue generating, like too much time. I know that, but also that's where I really enjoy, you know, like yesterday uh, we were talking about like WordPress websites that I sometimes build uh, on the site, you know, as a freelance and chatting with one of the community members. And I was just breaking out everything. I was like, this is how much I charge. And, you know, this is my process. And this is where you can optimize, blah, blah. And those are the things where, which I think make it valuable to learn from each other, right. In the community and not just, Again, being just a constant source of pumping out content, <laughs> one-sided content, right? Content yeah. is um, content is important, really important, and that's why we mm-hmm. also put conferences. But conversations are also really important, right? So you you need yeah. the content part, but you also need the conversations part. And I think it's setting a precedence because if you're just churning out event after an event, then that's the mindset everybody as who's associated with that community mm-hmm. kind of thinks of it that way, like oh. Designx, yeah, another event as usual. Hmm. And then before you know, I don't even know what the analogy is, but the cow doesn't have any more milk to give. Right, right, true, true. And and again, you know, it, it completely. There's like I don't, I don't want to discourage anyone that's uh, that wants to follow mm-hmm. that path. It's like that that there are some massive businesses, you know, being built. Like Web Summit has like four other massive conferences that they put up, three others, right? Yeah. And conference businesses sell for massive amount some money too if that's your goal right yeah but then if like for me it would be like okay if i if that's my massive payout uh dream then i would rather go and build a SaaS startup or something right and rather than true trying to be in a massive like really competitive space <laughs> like conferences right and i'm gonna get into some of the pet peeves that you might face <laughs> as a conference organizer yeah so what is your reaction to when somebody says hey i want to volunteer for DesignX mm. and you ask them why and they say something like, oh, I just want to give back to the community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. Uh, that happens. And again, it's uh, it depends who is saying it. So, you know, like yeah. we do get a lot of interest from folks interested in volunteering. Mm-hmm. I am a very uh, sometimes too much of like a straight shooter, uh, especially mm-hmm. in people that I work with, you know, so in the community, in public, you know, you all, you all have to be diplomatic and yeah. say the nice things and write things. But I'm just here for the conference. I'm yeah, not yeah. here for the job. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like uh, with people I work with, I, I am quite direct. And so I appreciate when, when people come and they're interested in volunteering, I really ask them, I'm like, why are you like, I'm up on the stage. Right yeah. at a design event, I'm the one that's getting 
most of the credit even though that's like yeah. you know even even though i'll put up the names i'll invite the volunteers on the stage but still people will come back and be like oh thank you preet for organizing it everything right and again i have i have no shame because i do end up also putting in the you know max amount of effort all those things but at the same time i'm like what is in it for you why do you want to invest yeah. your time you could go out and you know uh, either you know if financial outcomes is your goal do freelancing if getting a job is your goal then work on your portfolio work on other things uh, work on networking but like what is your kind of vested interest and so of course you know when i ask the question just without any other kind of preamble folks are like yeah i want to give back to the community and many of these <laughs> folks are like people that just graduated from a boot camp and i'm like you just graduated you're looking to first get something out to give back right yeah um you need to get a job all those things gain experience but again i think that's just the norm it's become the right thing to say so yeah. um, so and that, that, you know again like that's just the state of things so what i try and do is make them feel comfortable so they can be really candid with me so you know uh, so i am like i'm like no but tell me like do you want to be on the stage <laughs> do you want to conduct the interview do you want to meet the speakers yeah. do you want to get a job out of it um yeah. and i've i've had folks who you know maybe and again you know it's not easy to go from totally saying give back to the community to asking for like a list of things in return mm-hmm. for the volunteer opportunity so i then uh, try and make it comfortable and also keep on asking that question you know so every 2 3 months when we do kind of a check in formal check in then i will be like so what are you doing like what do you want yeah. to get out like is it has as that answer become clearer because sometimes even they might not know but they want to just get involved but they don't know what they want to get out of it but um, yeah and we've had like i last year alone i had like mm-hmm. i made uh, introductions for three of our volunteers who all all three of them like ended up getting a job at that companies uh, the respective companies that we got the and that feels good you know like it was like yeah. yes they put in effort they helped design x and so i was not lying when i was the you know yeah. when i referred them i was like this person is really incredible and i worked with them on these these things yeah but at the same time you know this is not a it should also not be a way for someone to kind of like exploit you or anything like we are very clear that we are we ask yeah. the volunteers to not like our requirement is can you spend 4 hours a week on designx work usually it ends up being even lower than that because there is always like when you have an event yes those 2 3 weeks are busy but then the mm-hmm. next 6 weeks there's not much to do for most volunteers right uh, not all of them but then the others that do put in the effort then we do make sure that there are financial incentives there are other kind of incentives for them and i can see that like um you know if i just come to you as a stranger i don't know you you would mm-hmm. prefer that i say hey preet uh, listen i want to volunteer and help out with designx but mm-hmm. uh what i'm hoping to get in return is maybe meet the agency founder who's giving a talk yes. maybe you can do the intro so it's, it's very clear yes. what you're doing but i think there's this taboo that if i tell you that up front yeah it's going to seem like weird like this person just wants to get something but right i think it it, it aligns both of our goals in that way yeah i i definitely and again you know again that's what i uh, i think i did say i i mentioned that it's so much about kind of personal preferences or how you know mm. your personalities are um so i volunteered for many organizations where you know mm. i would they would prefer more flowery terms and things like i want to make an impact and you know i want to do this <laughs> and do that and at some places including myself or leaders that i work with i just always appreciated the straight talk you know uh, just tell yeah. me uh Yeah and again it I think definitely being in Canada makes an influence that you know people are uh, Canada I think does have does have this problem where you know you, you are expected to not be direct and kind of like 
say more overarching great things <laughs> go go around even though you are very clear on what you want inside right wow yeah so i i try not to not adhere to those uh, standards now there's so many people man that just want to like build their own community like yeah i've seen this trend myself where let's say designx is running it's already mm-hmm. successful so mm-hmm. my thinking is more like let's say i want to do a a workshop series on freelancing right mm-hmm. and you know i tell you and you're like oh by the way we already doing this 9 to 5 uh, five to 9 conference yes. and why don't you instead try to merge efforts together so we're not like rebuilding from scratch right but what i'm also seeing like for example from dallas mm-hmm. people just branch off and do their own version of the community so it's becoming even more fragmented because everybody right. wants to do it and sometimes the intentions i don't think are that noble like i think at some point what happens right. is <laughs> if i can't get on stage at designx then what i'm right. going to do i'm just going to branch off do my own community <laughs> and i get to be on stage right 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 <laughs> so what advice would you tell people that want to like build off their own community and actually make it sustainable for the long run i th- i think that's that's like a very innate human behavior there's no it's it's not a bad thing to do that to branch off and you know do your own thing yeah. uh cuz what they're trying to do is and you're right you're spot on lot lot of times like it's not about the money it's not about anything else but it's about the ego it's like yes. I want to be known for this thing as my own thing. I do not yeah. want to be known as the lead organizer at Designix, but I want to be known as the founder or the creator yeah. of the smaller community, right? Um which again which is like one of the core kind of you know basic human behaviors, right? Yeah. Um like you want that recognition. And so I think I think in fact like people like me can do a better job at like recognizing the team talent and behavior of people mm-hmm. that are helping you so that you know those people feel encouraged those team members those folks mm-hmm. you collaborate with do feel encouraged and I also don't think I do do my max or do the best you know I'm always more focused on design x as the entity you know so my goal is also not just to kind of amplify myself my goal is to more focused on what can I do better for design x or for the community but at the same time you know i need to do a better job at making sure that the team members that i, I work with are also kind of bring brought more into the limelight and things yeah. like those and then the folks that are branching off i would say just you know even if you want to do your own thing like reach out and collaborate and like try and uh, you know connect those kind of different wavelengths different thoughts together because in the end it that really helps the community so there's no harm if someone's like okay now i'm going to start my own community and that's only for motion design but then yeah. you know if we are doing something on side projects i would say come on and be like hey like you know our motion design community could share their side projects and we could yeah. do something together so i'm i'm usually like i'm i in fact like i've made this a principle that i'll just go out and anyone that i really like i always reach out to them and i'm like i don't know how but i would love to figure out a way to collaborate I remember like wow. when you and I were talking about the podcast last time just you know do yeah. audio check all those things I said that to you too like I was like I really like what you're doing with design MBA and you know first of all let me know how I can help you beyond this yeah. the uh, you know coming on your podcast but then I'd love to figure out you know if there's something we can do together but and many of those times like I don't have any well thought strategy Yeah. Or a very analytical kind of approach to these things but it's just gut feel right <laughs> what's the end game yeah yeah like it's just a gut feel it's like you know it's almost like saying like oh yeah let's let's hang out again right so it's like i yeah. enjoy talking to you i i saw what you're doing you know you know what i'm doing and i think let's let's figure out maybe we can do something together right and if you have the intent the yeah. opportunities are ob- obviously endless so i'm sure there's you know there are many opportunities to collaborate and in the end yeah you know like 
kind of two brains are better than one, you'll end up creating yes. something much better. Uh, thank you for the kind words. I think that's something I've always, uh, you know, grown up in Gujarat and in India mm-hmm. for the most part. It was always this mindset of like, how can we collaborate with other people right. um, instead of just going alone? Right. So I always had that um, attitude to things because the solo journey is really disheartening to kind of like right. continue following on the long road because you're just by yourself. But I think when we collaborate and yeah, I mean, one has to lower their ego. It's more of like shared credit at that point Yeah. in terms of doing it. So one thing I'm wondering is how do you deal with rejection? Because I'm sure there's going to be speakers and people that you reached out to for DesignX right. that right. for whatever reason turned down or couldn't make it. So how do you deal with that rejection? Right. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be extremely candid with you. Um, so my, my brain, you know, many times works in extremes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a Capricorn and I've, I've maybe, you know, maybe that has something to do with that. I've seen many Capricorns who kind of always be on the extremes, even with their emotions, you know, either I'll be like uh-huh. extremely calm that I don't <laughs> care or I'll get, I get like really worked up. <laughs> so even with rejections, you know, with speakers rejecting all those things, like I would say 95% of the times I'm very indifferent. It's like indifferent as in like, I don't get hurt about it. I do try to. Yeah kind of like, you know, kind of like look into, poke into it. Like, why did they say no? Like, what what could I have done better that they mm-hmm. could have said yes, you know? Should I make a Loom video and talk about like how great this opportunity <laughs> is like you did, right? I really like that part. Um, Thank you. You know, um, could I have maybe explained designings better? Could I have uh, yeah. shared the, you know, kind of like speaker benefits better, right? Like what would yeah. you get out of presenting? All those things. Could I have built the personal relationship first? All those things. So. My, the engineering brain, you know, kind of goes into that tang- tangent. And then the more creative uh, brain, uh, 5% of the times, my ego also does get hurt. And then yeah. those 5% of the times, I'm like, okay, fuck you. You know what? Like, I, this event will be a... Like, I don't say to them. I don't say to them, right? Uh, but in my mind, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You know, I'm going to show you. Like, this event will be a massive success, right? Yeah. Um, and and that that's just you know I I think I do thrive on both these approaches. Like the second approach also does help me give a cake and gets me almost like fired up, right? You're like, yeah, okay. Like I, I got a lot of rejections when I started planning Remote Design Week, and it was also like I put it together in such a short time, like six weeks, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so many of them were like, yeah, no, I'm not sure. No one's going to sit on Zoom for five days, blah blah, all those yeah. things. So of course you're gonna get naysayers also, you know. Of course some of them are generally busy. But yeah. the ones that didn't don't believe in you, even when I started designing the first time, like no one knew me in even in the Toronto yeah. community, leave alone the global design community. And many people said no. And that was like, cool, you know. Uh, and sometimes I do thrive on that of kind of, you know, doing it because I'm like, okay, let's let me show you that, you know, I'm, I am capable of putting together a good thing. Uh, and it would have been amazing to have you. But yeah. What if the non-believer gets converted at some point after seeing your track record and they're like, Oh, Preet, you know, um, I think now I would love to collaborate. How do you approach that? I'm, I'm really happy about that. (laughs) So no ego, nothing. I'm okay. And, and that has happened a lot of times, like, like, especially for my first year of design X, I've had people who, uh, you know, I'd approached early on to either host an event, uh, you know, use yeah. their space or have them on the panel, things like those, or invite them through the community. And I was like straight out ignored and not once, like few times, you know, I would email them a few yeah. times and they would just not reply. And I would see that the email has been open, you know. Oh. Uh, right. I've, I've seen people like, again, early on, like, 
look at me and kind of just like turn their eyes away at in-person events because they were like, oh, this person's going to ask me again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though I try not to be that annoying, pesty person, right? But I yeah. just kind of follow up and all those things. Yeah. And those same people then have turned to like them being like, oh, Preet, like we'd love to host you. Can you come into your office space and do an event? Or uh, is there an opportunity for us to collaborate and me to share yeah. my learnings, which means like they want to be on the stage, all those things. And again, you know, like I always think like, would I have done this? And it's like, yeah, I probably would have done the same. Like if I was earlier, if I didn't believe someone yeah. would really do a good job, then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Not, not interesting. But then I'm like, once it kicks off, then you're like, I want to be on the rocket ship or whatever. You yeah. know? <laughs> I want, right. I want to be a participate in that yeah. exciting thing. And so I, I would have done the same. So I don't blame them. I, again, you know, it's again, I think as designers, one of our strengths is always mapping these behaviors to yeah. like the reason. And it's like, yeah, that's just how we humans work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So how can people follow your contact? You breathe. Follow me. I'm on Twitter, even though I don't tweet that much, but you know, my, my DMS are open there. Uh, LinkedIn is open. Um, and email. My email is preet at designx.community. Also on the, the best way is on the designx Slack group. Um, mm -hmm. I, I am quite responsive. I try to be responsive. Um, so don't shy away from, you know, connecting for anything. Like I have people sometimes who are like, I hate to disturb you, Preet, but you know, mm -hmm. my DesignX account is not working. And I'm like, that is my problem. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't worry about kind of pinging me about that. But That's how can people be not that leechy? Like, you know, like obviously you don't want to get bombarded with like 15 messages from people like, Hey, Preet, I want a job. Can you hook me up? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, how, how can they approach that kind of conversation? That's a very good question. And I think that's not just for me, but I would say like you're approaching anyone in the community that, that you want to get something out of. I'm not even going to say like mm. someone senior or someone more experienced yeah. or more known. Anything that you want from someone, first ask the quite first, like, you know, there are two parts to it. One is like just basic etiquettes. Like mm -hmm. you're adding someone on LinkedIn put a one-liner, like say, yeah. Preet, I listened to the podcast or I came yeah. to this conference. <laughs> That's why I'm connected. Like I, right now, no jokes. I tweeted the other day, day about, it. I have 400 pending LinkedIn connections and 95% <laughs> of them have no, no line. And I, <laughs> I do want to connect with people, but I just, like, yeah. I literally read every name and then I'm like, do I know this person? Did I see them anywhere? Yeah. Cause I want to be mindful. You know, I don't want to be arrogant or anything like, Oh, you know? Yeah. And so that puts a lot of work on me. So if you would just yeah. you know, have those basic courtesy things. And then secondly, even if, you know, you, you don't have anything to kind of offer in return, it's always mm -hmm. good to just either say it or, you know, just be like, is there a way I can, you know, help you in any way? Yeah. Uh, I've not always done that. You know, I've also, when I would early on approach speakers, I would just be like, can you please come and speak at my event? Blah, blah. You know, yeah. not offering anything to them in return, which is very selfish yeah. of me. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to build on that muscle too and learn <clears throat> how to do that better is always asking like, you know, is there any way I can help you in return? Or, you know, I, or even if you can't help in return, like I've seen people, they would approach me and, you know, for some mm -hmm. ask, and then at the end, they would be like, and I saw, you know, you recently, an example, like design transition to a paid community. Mm -hmm. This is a book or article I recently saw on paid communities that might be helpful. Like such a small ah. thing, right? Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't offer to kind of, you know, give me anything like massive in return, but you're like, mm -hmm. I did think of you and I did some research. Yeah. And 
this is something that might be of value in return. And that's really nice. You know, I really appreciate that. So it's it's such a common or basic human etiquette uh, that it's rare that it doesn't get to happen often, or I, I just don't see it at times. And one of the you know sayings I was always inspired by growing up uh, in India was always like this thing where doge to milega, ya pehle do fir lo. Um, and even with my approach to the whole thing with the podcast and everyone, it's it's always been about like how like. This is instead of me just hitting someone up, that's kind of one of the reasons why I also did the podcast is like this question that I'm asking you about event organization. I'm sure so many other people want to know about it too. So the value proposition, if I just reach out to you directly via email and ask you these questions versus let's do it via podcast so other people can benefit if there's something in it for you, for, for me, for everybody. And then you're probably going to get this for everybody that's come on the show. I always give them a book because I love reading books. And that's my way of saying thank you. And it's authentic to me. If somebody's into coffee, then I don't know, like they can give coffee, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever is congruent to them. Right. That's a beautiful idea. That's yeah. And and, <laughs> and I think, you know what, like, because I, I generally, and it might not be always the right thing that I'm treating myself as, you know, like I'm designing something and I'm treating myself as the user. But in, in cases like these of understanding human behaviors, like the first thing yeah. is I'm always like looking inside. And also, like, I, I don't remember, you know, the exact statement, but it's in it's in our, like, Sikh scriptures, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in Gurbani, that it's before you kind of point a finger, you know, like, go, it's yeah. just, like, look inside, look within. And so whenever I'm trying to understand these behaviors, I'm like, why don't I do that more? And it's usually, you know, like, yeah. we're living in a, in a time where the most scarce resource is always time. Like, every day you're yes. like, I want to pack in 20 things, you know, I want to do my yeah. podcast and I want to read the book. And on a tweet on Medium, uh, on uh, Twitter with a long, you know, thread on design and yeah. post on LinkedIn with like card images and all those yeah. things. <laughs> and because of that time scarcity, you are always thinking like me, 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 what can I do more yeah. to help my goals move forward? Right. And so that's why like anytime you have to switch, like stop, pause. And be like, yeah. wait, the person that I'm talking to, what is, what do they want? How can I help them yeah. in return? It does require a little bit of like a effort. You know, it's not as effortless. And yeah. uh, even though growing up in India, again, as you shared, you know, relationships are so transactional there, right? It's I know because <laughs> and again, and that's because of the society. That's because of you know we are not the society doesn't live in abundance like it is in North yeah. America, right? Like there's a massive difference. So there everyone's yes. just trying to survive for themselves and <laughs> yeah. their loved ones, right? That's the biggest priority. Yeah. When I came to Toronto, I, I met I met a guy who was living in the valley and had just moved to Toronto. He worked and lived in the valley for like 10 years, 15 years, even though he was of my age, uh, or 10 years, I think, yeah. And then came back to Toronto to build a startup. And he he told me of a really beautiful thing. He was like in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, there is such a culture of giving. And it's not altruistic. It's not like that I just believe in giving, but it's like, because you do not know the person you're helping out, who they turn ah, out to be, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm helping this person and who knows, they'll be the next Mark Zuckerberg, right? So yes. you, you never know that. So there, everyone's always about, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's meet for coffee shop. Let me make, let me, you know, how much, how yeah. can I add value to you? Yeah, and and because he was comparing it to Toronto, Toronto is still a little more transactional. Not the design yeah. community. I would say the design community is still largely about giving, uh, but the overall tech community, you know, it's all about like how how can I 
move ahead myself. Yeah. Uh, and that's maybe rooted in, you know, it being majorly immigrant population. And again, everyone trying to, you yeah. know, build their own roots. But I, I definitely try and always keep that thought in mind, you know, because again, for me also personally, it's been a big mindset shift having grown up in India to mm-hmm. uh, always being here. Okay. Like let's help out folks, you know, and again, selfishly, you know, it could be karma that I am helping this person and, you know, later on it could somehow come back and help me too. True. Very well said, Preet. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It's been a blast. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. If you made it this far, you are what I call a Design MBA super fan. And I've got a gift for you, my super fan. Head over to designmba.show where you will find my email address. Email me one thing you learned from this podcast episode and I will get on a 30-minute call with you and help you in your career goals. See you in the next episode.